them. Acts chapter 13, verse number 1. If you got it, smile at somebody. Say, I got it. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. There will be a quiz later. You have to be able to spell all those names correctly. Verse number two, as they ministered to the Lord. Look at somebody and say, as they ministered to the Lord. Here's where we mess up. Is we think we come to church and we gather together to get ministered to. As they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Ghost said. Now, man, I got to read this and I'll preach a little bit, I think. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereinto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Luke chapter 2, verse 37. This is talking about a woman named Anna that uh, was 84 years old. She was a widow which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Uh, I don't have a title. I apologize. But let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you because, God, you're awesome. You're great and mighty. God, I pray today that you will speak to us and that you will use us for your glory. Anoint me, God, and help me to hear your voice. And God, I just want to be directed by your spirit. I want to be directed by your word. Mighty God, have your way tonight and we'll thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. Excuse me, I do want to... I want, I want to see apostolic results in a 21st century world. I, I, that's not my title, but I, I just want to kind of share my heart with you. I desire to see the miraculous. I, I don't think that the church is at all supposed to be just a word church. Uh... John wrote, and he said, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But verse number 14, the Word became flesh, and we beheld His glory. And we need the Word of God, and we need the glory of God in the church. Uh, Great prophet, some of you may recognize his name. His name was Fred Gill. Anybody ever sat under Fred Gill, ever hear his ministry, Brother Lanham? No. Uh, He passed away a number of years ago. Powerful, powerful man of God. I have some of his notes. And uh, there is a a little note at the top of the page, handwritten in, and it says, All word dry up, all spirit blow up. If we don't have a balance of the word and the spirit, then we're either going to dry up or we're going to blow up. Uh, we need the word preached. We need to understand. We need the word studied. Somebody say amen. amen. We need the word of God in our lives, but we also need the power and demonstration of God in our lives. The Apostle Paul would write to the Corinthian church, and he was, in hindsight, looking back to his first visit to Corinth, 
And he said, my speech, my preaching, and my teaching unto you was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but was in demonstration of the power and of the Spirit. We need the demonstration of God. We need the, if we want the, the results of the apostles, I believe we need to follow the principles and practices of the apostles. And uh, so... So tonight, I want to talk to you, and we're going to pray tonight. Look at somebody and tell them, we're going to pray tonight. I want to talk to you about some of the prayers of the apostles. It jumps out at me in this uh, verse that we read in Acts chapter 13, uh, that uh, it says that they ministered unto the Lord. I believe that, in fact, that word ministered only appears in your Bible three times, translated that were from that Greek word. Uh, But there they were, and we understand from the context that that ministry unto the Lord must have been like Anna's ministry unto the Lord, which was they came together and they prayed. They sought God. They sought direction from God. They prayed as He desired for them to pray. We need Spirit-led prayer. I'm going to say it again. We need Spirit-led prayer. We need to pray... In the Spirit. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to just stay in the flow here tonight. So if y'all go with me, I think we'll get someplace. We need to pray in the Spirit. The Apostle said, I pray in the Spirit and I pray with the understanding. There are times when we need to enter into intercessory prayer and we pray in a heavenly language. When the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. It is when Zion travailed, then she brought forth her children. There are times when we begin to pray in the Spirit. Anybody ever been there? I don't know what I'm praying, I don't know what I'm praying about, but I have this promise that he that knoweth the will of God is praying through me. He that searcheth the hearts knows the will of God. When we begin to pray in an unknown tongue to our mind, we're praying the perfect will of God. We need some of that. In fact, we need a lot of that. As Sister Angie, you were standing up here and you were praying and I didn't even hear the need, but that's okay because I can begin to pray according to the Spirit as the Spirit leads us to pray. Uh, But we need to be able to move into a place where we pray in the Spirit. Uh, That cannot be overemphasized. We need to pray in the Spirit. If you have never... uh, if, If the only time that you... I don't want to get into Sunday's message because I do feel like this is an anomaly. I feel like, Brother Brother Tommy, God gave me a message for Sunday four days in advance. That almost never happens. I'm happy when he gives me something four hours in advance. Sister Zoe's happy when he gives me something four minutes in advance. But we need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled to overflowing with the Spirit. It's not enough for us to, but Tommy, say, I received the Holy Ghost and mark it on my calendar in some time past. I need to come into the presence of God and allow that from my innermost being to begin to overflow when I worship Him and when I pray. We need to pray in the Spirit. I don't want to get get bogged down, but we need to pray in the Spirit. But we also need to pray with the understanding. 
And praying with understanding is where I get into a place with God and He will drop thoughts into my mind and we begin to pray in that direction. He said, I pray with the Spirit and I pray with the understanding. In other words, God is giving me understanding of what I'm supposed to pray. I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be... I might be... I don't want to quote this wrong. I better look it up, Brother Pat. I don't want to quote it wrong. That'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? Somebody back here saying it's embarrassing that you can't quote it all by yourself, Pastor. You ought to know that one. It's in, uh, it's in Matthew. If I can spell earth, I'll get it. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There are some things that we need to bind and some things that we need to loose and we don't do that speaking in another tongue. We do that whenever God impresses us and we begin to pray with the understanding. Brother Tommy, am I okay tonight? We're going to pray some of those things here in just a little bit. I feel the Holy Ghost really strong right now. We've got to be a praying church. We cannot be just a gathering church. We cannot be just a preaching church. We cannot be just a praise and worship church. But he said, my house shall be called an house of prayer. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise right now. Oh, yes. My house shall be called an house of prayer. A prayer. It is important that the church come together to pray. It is important that we that we have separate prayer. It's important, Brother Kevin, that we have an individual altar. That we have a closet or a car or a whatever else you said there. I don't know, a bathtub. You gotta have some place where you have an in go ahead and chuckle. Half y'all in here. You that's your place of prayer. That's okay. You know, David said, morning, noon, and the evening, I lift up my prayer to you. Independent, individual prayer is important. And three times a day, I think would be wonderful if we would set our clocks for three different times, I don't care what time it is, but three different times spread throughout the day to just refocus us and recenter us on what we're really supposed to be focused on, which is Him. So individual altar is vital. But it is also vital that we come together to pray. That we come together as His body. Know you not, it's in, it's in Corinthians two times. First Corinthians, it's in chapter 3, I think, and then maybe around chapter 6, chapter 9, something, somewhere around there. He talks about us as individuals being the temple of God in chapter 6, I think. But in chapter 3, he talks about the body, that we are the habitation of God. We are His house when we come together. Oh, i got to tell you something about the house. 
In Genesis chapter 28, verse number 17. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's back up here. Um, verse number 11. Genesis 28, 11. It's talking about Jacob. He was fleeing from his brother. He lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and he put them for his pillows and laid down in that place to sleep. Many scholars believe that those stones that he laid there for his pillow came from the altar that his granddaddy built. So he was at a place of Abraham's altar. And then he goes on and, and it says, And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached into heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. If you knew where I'm going, you'd, you'd almost be shouting right now. Behold, the Lord stood at the top of it and, he, and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and of the God of Isaac and the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it and to thy seed and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. In, thee shall all, in, in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed and behold, I am with thee. I'll keep you in all places where you go. I'll bring you again to this land. I won't, I won't leave you. Uh, and until I've done all that I've spoken to thee. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob arose early in the morning. He took the stone for the, that he had for his pillows. He set it up for a pillar. He poured oil on top of it. It was a sacrifice for the Kevin. And he called the name of that place Bethel. It was the house of God. This is what I want you to see. Individual prayer is wonderful. But when we come together as the house of God, I see an open heaven. I see the Lord looking down and I see angels ascending and descending. When we come together at His body, no wonder Jesus said, hey, you're going to see in a little bit, you're going to see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Why? Because He is the body of Christ. When we come together as His body, the angels begin to be activated when we pray. That's why it's so important that we pray together as a body. It takes us to a different supernatural demonstration and dimension. Oh, God. Clap your hands unto the Lord. We need angelic visitation in situations. You need an angel to visit your lost loved one. You need an angel to visit your husband. You need an angel to visit your co-worker. You need an angel to visit. And when we come together, there is the angelic activated in our midst. We're going to pray today and God is going to dispatch some things. We're going to have some, some traffic with the heavenlies. Angels ascending and descending. Amen. Oh, that's it. Go ahead. Lift your hands right now. Let, let's just pray for a moment in the Spirit.
God, I lose the gifts of the Spirit to operate among us. I lose the glory of God to be demonstrated among us. We have a small problem, Brother Lanham, and that is we expect all the gifts of the Spirit to operate inside these walls, and there's not an apostolic precedent for that. In fact, the first miracle of the book of Acts, which is the true New Testament church, after the outpouring of the Spirit, the first miracle happened outside the temple. As Peter and John were on their way to... They were on their way to a prayer meeting. And there's a man laying outside the temple. We got to get this. We got, sit down, guys. We got to get this. He is laying outside the temple. That's where the needs are. Everybody in this building's got a need, but you ain't got a need as bad as somebody lost and undone without God outside the temple. deliver us from Pentecostal addiction. God meet my need. God meet my need. God meet my need. There's somebody out there that's got a worse need than you. They're outside the temple. But the first apostolic miracle, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he did. And he went. Where did he go? To the temple. And he entered the temple walking and leaping and praising God. The miracle is supposed to happen outside so the miraculous, so the beneficiary of the miracle comes to the inside. If we have to take this off Facebook, we'll do it later. The Catholic Church killed the move of God. Because they professionalized the ministry and they brought all the ministry inside the building. Men and brethren, these things ought not so to be. The ministry should really happen outside, not by the professionals, but by every member of the church. Acts chapter... Seven, something like that upon the persecution of Stephen and the church went everywhere preaching the gospel. Man, well, we're just wound up tonight, Brother Tommy. Let's kill some sacred cows. We have so... (laughs) We have so perverted the definition of preaching. We have relegated it to a pulpit and motivational speaking. How could that be? 
that they went everywhere preaching the gospel of the kingdom. They didn't all have pulpits. They went everywhere. And they told them about this man called Jesus. And they told them about how he died, was buried, and yet he lives again. And now he lives inside of me. They told them as, now, now we got to pray the first apostolic prayer. First recorded prayer you will find they gathered together in Acts chapter 4, I believe. You're right, Brother Matt. Look at that guy, he's a Bible scholar. Good grief. I told him in the office I was going to preach five minutes. <laughs> We're close. Lord, I want a move of God. Peter and John had that miracle outside, made the religious folks real mad. So they slapped Peter and John in jail. You know, it just cracks me up, you know. How many times the apostles were in jail, Brother Kevin? Those guys were 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 thrown in and broke out. I read in Acts, I think it's 17, I read this this week. Paul gets thrown in prison in uh, Ephesus, maybe. Maybe it's Ephesus, maybe. I don't think it's Berea. I think it's Ephesus. Gets thrown in prison in Ephesus. And it says that after they made security for him and let him go, then he escaped to Berea. Now, we gloss over that in, uh, in, in, our, new, or in our King James. That means they put up bail for him, and then he skipped town. Now, y'all, that's just funny. The Apostle Paul jumped bail. Okay, maybe that doesn't do for you what it does for me. I just thought, wow, that's really something. Not only was he thrown in jail, then he skipped bail. Oh, well. Back to the preaching. And so, so Peter and John, they got thrown in jail. The angel came, busted them out of jail, and, and there they were, down on the street, preaching. And the, the, the religious folks, they confront them and they say, uh, you can't preach anymore in this name. And then they uttered those famous words, whether, whether uh, it is good to hearken unto you or to God, yeah, you decide what we're going to do. <clears throat> and so they beat on them a little bit more and told them, don't preach in Jesus' name and let them go. And they came back. The opposition was trying to shut down the preaching of the word. They didn't say nothing about you can't gather together anymore. They didn't say anything about that. He said, just don't be out here preaching to folks. Don't be out here talking about Jesus to folks. And so the first prayer of the apostles being let go, they went to their own company, they told them what the chief priests and the elders said to them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice with one accord. There was something inside of these first few day old believers that said, we've got to be out doing that. We've got to be out sharing what Jesus did. And so when they heard that they said you can't preach anymore, they lifted up their voice with one accord and said, Lord God, Thou which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. They quoted some scripture. I want to skip down just a little bit. Um, 
Verse 29, he says, Now, Lord, or they said, Lord, hear their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. That is what we desperately need in the 21st century. We need believers with boldness to speak his word. That's everybody in this building from the guy with the mic to the smallest kid downstairs and everybody in between. We need boldness to speak the word. There's got to be something on the... Okay, I, we all live in this flesh. We all live in this world. We know what the, what the deal is. When your coworker. Brother Josh says, man, I, I'm, I'm going through this situation. I, I got this going on in my life. Your first impulse is to say, Jesus can fix that. Am I right? I mean, we think that. Jesus can fix that. The problem is, there's pressure from this world that wants to silence you from preaching Jesus. What we need is apostolic boldness. We've, we've so overcomplicated this. Brother, Brother Lanham, I know you've heard me say this for the last two years. You're going to keep hearing me say this. Ministry is not for a select few that stand behind a podium inside a church building. Ministry. Jesus said, I have chosen you. You didn't choose me. I chose you that you would go forth and bear much fruit. Every person in this building, what we need is boldness. Let's stand to our feet right now. That's the first thing we're going to pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I take dominion and authority over every spirit of the enemy, every spirit of fear that has tried to intimidate your people. We bind it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I loose a spirit of boldness on every one of us that we would speak your word with boldness and that you, oh God, then would do what only you can do, that you would stretch forth your hand to heal and that by signs and wonders would be done in the name of Jesus. That's it. Go ahead and pray in the Spirit for a little bit. I want everybody to pray. Go ahead and pray in the Spirit for a moment. God, download some boldness inside of me. I'm not talking about willpower. I'm not talking about something we need to overcome by our own strength. God put holy boldness in us so that when it happens, we know it's not us. It's you working through us. God put boldness in us. Stretch forth your hand to heal and do mighty wonders through us. Oh Lord, help us to overcome this stigma of being in a church building. We are the house of God wherever we go. You are with us wherever we go. Let your signs follow us. In the name of Jesus, give us boldness to speak your word. Oh God, convict us if we don't and give us boldness to speak it. A story comes to mind. You can be seated for a moment. Story. This is the longest five minute message I've ever preached. Uh, there's, a, there's a 
church planner, and his name is Denver Stanford. You may have never heard of him. Great church planner. He said, he's always preaching about soul winning, reaching the lost. And he said, these two ladies came to him and said, Pastor, we, we, want, we want to do this, but, but, but we don't know how. And he said, now, now I can direct you to this message so you know I'm not embellishing or making anything up. But this is just what Brother Stanford said. He said, these two ladies, they, they didn't have a whole lot going for them. They, they, they're elevators, you know. They, if, if, they didn't, if they went all the way to the top, it took a while to get there. Uh, he said, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you do this? He said, you got a car, don't you? Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you what. Why don't you all... Get in her car tomorrow morning and uh, drive down such and such street. And there's, there's a bunch of laundromats down through there. He said, and you'll see some lady carrying a laundry basket. We'll pull over and ask her if she'd like to have a ride to the laundromat. And when you do that, then, then, then uh, when you drop her off, tell her you don't have anything else to do the rest of the morning. You'll just stay there with her and you'll take her home when her clothes are done. And then... While the clothes are washing and while they're drying and you're helping her fold those dry clothes, said you you just talk about your church, talk about Jesus, talk about your pastor, tell him you got the greatest pastor in the world, he's the greatest preacher ever. You know, just just talk about the goodness of God all, all morning and, and then load up her laundry basket in, in your trunk and put her in the front seat and you drive and you sit in the back seat and and while you're going down the road. You in the back, just reach your hand up and put on her shoulder and tell her, you know, Jesus loves you. Would, would you like to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? And tell her how to repent. And, and she'll receive the Holy Ghost right there in your car. And, and, uh, and I'll be at the church at 10 o'clock in the morning to baptize her. And they said, okay. So he said on Monday morning, he kind of slept in a little bit. and He was... Startled by this knock on the door about 10.30. And, and he said, he opened the door and here's this one lady and here's the other lady and here's some lady he'd never seen before with this great big old grin on her face. And the other two ladies are looking really sad. And one of them said, you said you'd be at the church. <laughs> he said, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting, I'm on, I'm on my way, I'm on my way. It's not that complicated. We overcomplicate it. Brother Tex, everybody has an emptiness inside. You know, God wired you with a desire that's only filled by Him. God, and, and, and we got folks out, out in this world and they're seeking and they're looking. You found it. It's that simple. You don't have to, we don't have to have a praise team and air conditioning and lights, you can have revival with boldness. Man, now I've got to say this too. We have substituted a lot of stuff for faith in the power of God. We think that music is the power of God. No, it's not. It ministers to your emotions and helps you to connect with the presence of God. But you don't have to have music to have power. We think, I, 
aren't you glad that even years ago, people, the, the leadership in this church taught you that when Sister Angie comes to the altar, you don't put your hand on her? <laughs> aren't you glad? Brother Jeff, I was praying at the altar one time. I, I, I was a new convert. I was praying at the altar, and some guy came up to me. Oh, you got braces. I won't do what he did to me. And he's going... Dearly departed Sister Mama, she told me after church, I was praying God would move him out of there. I was praying God would leave. I was praying he'd leave you alone. That's all traditional garbage. The Bible says there's a doctrine of laying on of the hands. It's not a doctrine of back rubs. It's not a doctrine of head shakes. It's not, it's not any of that. It's a doctrine of laying on of hands. And when they laid their hands on folks, they received the Holy Ghost. They received healing. It wasn't complicated and it should not be today. But what we need is a baptism of boldness. Amen. Amen. Well, we prayed for boldness. I don't know if we got time for the other five prayers. Let's do this. Because I think this is the most important thing. Why don't we stand tonight? Um, we're not dismissing. We are going to pray. But we don't, music, we're good. Um, I, I will make an announcement, even though we're not dismissing. We are going to have prayer tomorrow night in the building in Montgomery uh, at 6 o'clock. Uh, because we are getting closer all the time to having service and having a class down there. And uh, we're going to go down there with the text and uh, just take dominion. Because that's what the kingdom of God, that's what, that's what the church is supposed to do. The church is supposed to dictate the spiritual atmosphere. So we're going to do that starting at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. But I think this is the most important part of apostolic prayer. I mean, I, I got prayer for boldness. I got prayer for the prisoner, prayer for direction, prayer for the ministry, prayer for laborers. But here's the most important thing. Acts 1 and 14, and all these continued with one accord in prayer. The most important aspect of apostolic prayer is that it's in unity. We quote that all the time, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And you know, when I was a new convert, you, we don't talk like that, right? We don't talk like that. We don't say, one accord. Well, let's, let's in one accord go on down to Geno's. <laughs> let's drive down to Geno's in one accord. We don't talk like that. And so what does one accord mean? They said, well, it just means they, they were together. They were unified. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got to looking up that word, one accord, in the Greek. And it comes from a Greek word that is homothumadon. That's a fun word right there. Not as fun as borborygmi. Look that one up later. Homothumadon. And to say that homothumadon means together or unified is to say that a fire truck is just a car. I'll tell you what homothumadon means. 
It means together with passion. It's a compound word. Together with passion. If we're going to pray, and we're going to be apostolic, when we pray, we're going to be unified, and we're going to be passionate about our prayer. We're going to pray. There's going to be some coals on that fire. Because the incense isn't lit on a, on a cold altar, Brother Kevin. There's got to be some fire on the altar. What I want us to do today, I want us to end this service, we're going to pray for unity in the body, in this local body. I want you to throw your hands in the air. The first thing I want you to do is begin to bind any division, any spirit of division, any stronghold of division in your own mind. God, is there anything in me that is isolating me or causing any type of division with my brother? God, I bind it in the name of Jesus. We cast it down and command it to be gone in the name of the Lord Jesus. If there's anything in me, oh God, that would cause a division or a schism, a crack, any type of division in the body, God, get it out of me, reveal it to my mind and expel it from my spirit, oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. But God, I pray this day that you will loose upon us a spirit of unity. Oh God, bind us together in love. Give us a unity, a oneness of the Spirit that we would minister together for your glory. God, let us be about your business and your business alone. Let there be no other agenda in this church except the agenda that you send us on. Oh God, let there be no individual agenda. Let there be an agenda of this body. Oh Oh yes, God, I pray that you will unify us in one spirit of ministry. I want you to pray that God will allow the, the, the flow, the flow of the ministry spirit in this church to get a hold of you. God, I want to be in the ministry. I want to be in the flow of the ministry of this church. There is a flow of ministry. There is a spirit of ministry. Oh God, we receive it today. Cause us to walk in unity and in passion.